have got some good, good stuff for you uh, towards the end of the service. You guys know that we are in a capital campaign here. And over the past several weeks, we've been in a series called Building for the Generations. Building for the Generations. And we've been laying out seven core values. These values that really serve as a foundation for our lives, a foundation for the church. And we said, hey, man, we've been digging this thing out. Come on, we've had, we've had the equipment out here. We're digging it out. We're pulling the footings because, again, the values are the foundation. So now we've got that poured. So what's next? What's next? What do we do next? Well, I want to talk to you a little bit today about the unknown, the unknown, kind of bringing this whole series to a close. Now, let me just say this to you. Next week, listen, I know it's Thanksgiving week. I want you guys to enjoy yourself. I want you to eat your turkey, your ham. Man, if you're a vegetarian, today is your day to get saved. I'm just saying in Jesus' name. But anyway, I want you to eat all the food you want to eat. Enjoy yourself. Nothing against vegetarian. Nothing at all. Please don't send me an email. But anyway, nothing against that. But I want you to enjoy your week. Uh, but next Sunday, come on, next Sunday, you don't want to miss next Sunday, man. I am going to be preaching a message called WrestleMania. Come on, WrestleMania. My wife is going to come up here. Come on, y'all. It's going to be good. Amen? You don't want to miss it. So please come out and be with us next week. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, if you're on a mobile device, go ahead and click there. It'll certainly be on your screen. Again, we've laid the foundation. We've got the concrete poured. We've got the values. This is what we're standing on. This is what we're living by. So what's next? This we find ourselves in a place where it's like, okay, we know what's been going on, but now we're about to go into the unknown. So Joshua chapter 3, and as you read in the book of Joshua, you find millions of Jewish people who are being led by this new young leader by the name of Joshua. And we pick it up in Joshua chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Starting at verse 1. It says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning and set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan and all of the people of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go. And here's what I want to land today. For you have not passed this way before. For you have not passed this way before. I want to talk to you today. It's kind of bringing this series to a close about the future, about the unknown, about trusting God. So, Father, again, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you for the privilege of being in your house. Lord, just experience you, experiencing your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Lord, we thank you for moments like this. So now, Father, in the next few moments that we are together, open our hearts, open our minds, help us to hear from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Several years ago, uh, when I was in youth ministry, I was a youth pastor for several years. Uh, one of the churches that I attended in Nashville, the first job I ever had in ministry, 
Uh, I used to take a group of people every year to the mountains to go snow skiing. Come on, any snow skiers in the house? Any snowboarders? Thank you for two of you. Amen. But we used to do that every year. And, you know, for a lot of the students and myself, it was something we did every year. So we were pretty comfortable with snow skiing. And so a lot of times what we would do when we got to the mountain is we would go all the way up to the top to the Black Mountain. It's what they call the Black Mountain. That was, or the Black Diamond, I should say, in some cases. And what that was, was that was like the highest peak in that particular area. So that was the highest peak that was... You know, that particular mountain, it was straight down, it was treacherous, you know, you had to do some turns, and, and, but that was where we would go. And so when we got there, we all loaded up, several of the guys, myself, we jumped on the little uh, chairlifts, we went all the way up to the top, and we're sitting there, we get off and we're looking. All of a sudden, here comes one of the guys, and he comes up beside me, and I look, and quite honestly, I'm really shocked to see him. Because when he gets there, I'm like, dude... You've never been skiing before. Like, why are you here? He said, man, I saw you guys, and just in the moment, I wanted to be with you. And I'm like, okay. I said, look down. He took an opportunity and looked down, and in that moment, he froze. He froze. He said, I can't do it. There's no way. So in the next few moments, we were talking to him. We were like, hey, man, listen, you're going to be okay. We're going to help you down. We're going to go side to side. It's not going to be bad. I got, like, I got you, man. You're going to be all right. He was so scared of looking into a space he had never been to before. He took his skis off, walked over to the side of the mountain, and started walking down up under the chairlift. Now, you know what that's like. Stuff falling on your head, like treacherous terrain. It's like bumps and stumps and all of that. So we were like, man, come on. He's like, no, I've never done that. I'm not doing it. So we were like, all right, peace out. So we went all the way down. And we're waiting for this guy. 20 minutes later, here he comes. He's holding his arm. He has no skis. His lip is bloodied. And I'm like, what happened to you? He's like, man, I was falling. I couldn't get my footing. And I began thinking about that guy the other day in that situation. And something dawned on me. I am that guy. We are that guy. That guy is the perfect condition of human nature. I mean, this guy never skied before. No doubt he should have started out on the bunny slope. Should have started, you know, something a lot less invasive than where we were. But he saw us going up. He wanted to be a part of it. And when he gets there, he makes a decision in a moment. This is the unknown. I've never done this. I've never been here And he makes that decision to go and really risk more, experience more pain than to jump into the unknown because he says, I perceive that I won't have control if I go to this place I've never been to before. This guy, 42, 43-year-old, at that particular time, he had never done this before. Certainly not a bad guy, but he stood on top of that hill that day and human nature took over. Let me ask you this, when you're faced with a situation where you can go into the known or the unknown, how many times do you choose the unknown? 
Most of the time we don't. We, we like what we know. We like to be comfortable. We like kind of having control. This is why we do so many things out of routine. We're creatures of habit or creatures of the known, if you will. Many of us, we sit in the same seats every Sunday. I do the same thing. I know where you sit. I know where you're at. We eat in the same restaurants every week. We drive the same roads to our jobs every week. Some of you, you don't even know how you got to work because you're combing your hair, you're putting your makeup on, you're checking social media, and you look up and you're like, I'm here. And yes, it concerns all of us, frankly. Amen? But why do we do that stuff? Because we're giving to what we know. I want to be comfortable. I want to be in my safe space. I want to have control over what's happening in my life. I mean, why, why would I go to a different restaurant? Why would I take a different route to work? Why would I go here? Why would I do that? I mean, I, I know this place. This is my restaurant. This is where I eat. I know the manager. I know the food. Why would I go anywhere else? We're given to what we know. And if you ever hear of somebody that makes it their aim in life to be courageous, their aim in life to just venture out and do something new and try new food and go to a different restaurant and and, and take a different road and go to a different state and say, I just want to experience this. What do we say? We say, oh, they're spontaneous. For you single ladies in the house, if you hear about that guy that his whole aim in life is to eat a different food every time he goes out, to travel to a different state, to see something he's never seen before, he's so romantic. (laughs) Turn to your husband and just say, see. We like what we know. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The greatest enemy of the unknown is the known. The greatest enemy of the unknown is the known. I believe that the cursed hour of today is the word enough. I've done enough. I've served enough. I've, I've given enough. I've fasted. I mean, man, I just got off a 21-day fast. I don't need to fast anymore until next year. Like, I've done all of this, and it's the word enough. And really where that word comes from, is the heart behind all of that is saying, you know what, I'm comfortable here. Don't stretch me. Don't pull me. Don't expect a lot of me. I'm good because I perceive I can control where I'm at right now. But how much of an illusion is control? I mean, think about it. Do you really control anything? I mean, I think all of us have had family and friends and maybe even ourselves. When we're faced with life-threatening issues, we realize how fragile we really are. We realize the fact that control is really just false. And so oftentimes, we spend our whole lives staying in this little space, staying in our bubbles. But you understand, we've been talking about this. What is the mandate of Christ on our lives? It is to go. It's to stretch. It's to believe. It's to step out into a space you've never been to before. It's to throw caution to the wind and say, Lord, I'm following you. And I don't know what to expect. And I don't know what's out there. But God, I signed up to follow you. Which means I'm going into a space I don't know. But I trust you. And I'm willing to go. And that kind of brings us to the story here. 
the story where we find Joshua and the children of Israel and, and, and they're there. And, and you understand that, that God has taken a group of feeble people, the Israelites, and he says, you're going to be my people. And God had already promised Abraham that I'm going to take your ancestors and I'm going to make them great. And all the earth will know that I am a great God and these are my people because I do great things for my people. And nearly 500 years later, we find ourselves in this story where Joshua and the children of Israel are. And one of the promises that God gave to Abraham is that the Israelites would have property in the earth. That God would make them a nation, a country, a spectacle to the world of his supply, provision, and power. That he would give them property. And 500 years later, here they are. And they still don't have the property. But now in this story, 2 million Jews have been brought to the Jordan River for such a time as this. And they're staring at the property. They're staring at the promise. It's about to happen. They're about to do what the ancestors only dreamed of. They're about to go in what their forefathers only spoke about. They're going to walk into it. It is an amazing moment of God making good on his promises to the people. And they're going to walk into this land. They're finally getting it. But between the promise and the property is a problem. It's the Jordan River. When the Jordan River is not flooded, it's only about 50 foot wide. When it is flooded, which is where they are, it's over a mile wide. We've not been this way before. And many of you right now, there's, there's something stirring in your heart. And you're like, Pastor, okay, the past several weeks I've heard this. We've laid the foundation. God's called me to do this. And I know I'm called to go. I know I'm called to be salt and light. I know I'm called to stretch beyond myself. I know I'm doing all that. But, Pastor, you don't understand what's going on in my world. You don't understand where I'm at right now. You don't understand what I'm going through right now. There's a problem. Every single one of us in this room, every single one of us watching online, there is a problem that we all face. There is a promise from God that if you would just simply follow me, if you would just simply live by faith and not by safe, if you would just go after me, then God could take care of us. But we're like, eh, I don't know. I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable right here. So let me ask you a question today. If you're taking notes, write this down. How will you face the unknown? How will you face the unknown? When the fact is you're sitting in it right now. November the 21st. And guess what? None of us have ever been here before. We're in this place. So what do we do? Are we willing to follow God? Are we willing to say, okay, let's pick up, let's go, let's move? Because listen, the Israelites that day, if you're looking at a body of water over a mile wide, and yet there's the promise, there's what God said, hey, is yours, 500 years, and now you're there and you're looking at it, what are you going to do? How are you going to live that out? You know why they were able to do it? Because it all centered around a box. It was the God box. It was the Ark of the Covenant. And God says, hey, when you see the box move, you follow me. You go after me. And so Joshua goes through to Ari and he says, hey guys, when you see the priest take up the Ark of the Covenant as fast as you can, roll up your sleeping bags, roll up your tents and go. Why? Because we follow the box. 
And yes, this is the unknown, but watch this. When the priests walk down to the water, the water is going to split on each side, and you're going to walk through on dry ground. We follow the box. We trust God. You haven't come this far to play it safe. You know what James says? James chapter 4, verse 14. Watch what it says here. Why you do not even know what, you, what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? Watch what it says here. You are a what? A mist. You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know what that says? Watch this. This is your life right here. Did you see that? Do it again. Okay, let's do it on this side. Did you see that? Like from, from birth to death, that's it. That's all we got. Like your life, that's a, I don't know how else to explain it. That's all we are. Think about it. Think about it. Really lean into what I'm saying here. So you're going to spend your whole life sitting back in what you're comfortable with? You're going to spend your whole life just kind of doing what you've always done, going where you've always gone, when you've got a God in heaven that says, hey, if you're willing to follow me, I'm willing to take you into places you've never been before. Listen, you understand when you sign up to follow Jesus, you're willing to jump into a space you've never seen before. You're willing to do something you've never done before. That's what it means to follow Christ, to walk by faith. We're here today and gone tomorrow. I want my life to matter. I want to put my stamp in the world. Not to make my name great, but to say, God, I did everything you called me to do. Listen, when you follow Jesus, you understand he calls you to take territory. He calls you to go into a place and be salt and light. He calls you to change the world around you. How will you face The unknown. How will you face moments in life where you're on your job and you feel something in your heart and you're like, man, I I know I ought to minister to that person. I know I ought to pray with that person. I know I need to go here. I know maybe there's some things in your life and man, you know, you know they're not right. And you understand that this is all you got. And it's over. So why am I going to live by safe when God has called me to live by faith? This is the unknown. We've dug it out. We've laid the foundation. And now we're ready to build. Turn to somebody and say, you got to build. We're ready to build, but you understand that this is all new. We've, we've, we've not been this way before. In this time, in this moment in life, we find ourselves in a place where it's like, man, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And guys, i got to be honest with you. This past Sunday, here's what I heard. I heard all about the expansion I heard all about people talking about, hey, man, man, we're going to reach schools like never before. Man, we're going to go out and we're going to feed the hungry. We're going to go out and we're going to do soup kitchens. Man, we're going to go out and we're going to minister to people. Guys, do you understand that last night, last night at our Celebrate Recovery Ministry, last night, I think it was 12 to 14 guys got baptized. 
we've not been this way before. Come on, give God some praise. And you know what? We dunked them in the same one we use right here. We've not been this way before. This is the unknown. How will you face the unknown in your life? 2020, when we first came into 2020, you guys know, for some of you that were here, you saw what was happening. It, it, it was so full in this place. And we had already started about talking about going to two services and, and what does that look like and, and kind of putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. And then the world shut down. Nobody knew what was going to happen. It was the unknown. And we come into 2021 and it's like, Yes, we're, we're moving forward, but then it shut down again. Nobody knew what was going to happen. But if you'll notice, the same God that was with us in 2019 was the same God that was with us in 2020. He's the same God that was with us in 2021. He's going to be the same God that's going with us into 2022. And God has put something in our hearts to minister to our community in a way like never before. To minister to our schools like never before. God has put into our hearts to go out and feed the hungry and clothe those that don't have clothes. To, to get involved in the ministries that we have. To see more lives being changed. More lives being impacted. To sow into other ministries like the ministry we have in Kentucky. To say, God, we want to bless those people and we want to love those people but then we go outside of that into Belize where our other campus is and say God we want to minister to those people and we want to bless those people God we just want to do more than we've ever done before we've not been this way before God and to top it all off we said God we're going to believe you to expand the facility here we're going to believe you, God, to do something amazing in this place, to do something great in this place. And, and for those of you that understood, you heard me talk about this. It was such a vision that I was like, God, I, I just don't know. I read Joshua chapter 3, and in that moment, it was as if God was saying, you haven't gone where I'm about to carry you, but can you believe in me? Will you trust me? Will you follow me? And I stood here and I talked to you guys and I said, God, I don't know. I need some what? Fleece moments. I need some fleece moments. And what happened? Fifteen teenagers for the first time in the history of this church got baptized right here. I started getting letters from different people. I started getting cards from different people talking about, Pastor, man, this place is amazing, and God is doing some great things. But, 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 and, and, and that was great. And we got an amazing letter, letter from Triple S, and, and all of that was great. But the tipping point for me, for me, was the person that came into this place that was cutting and burning themselves. The person that came into this place that said, I'm giving God one more chance. And I begin to see that person start to mingle with different ones. 
I begin to see that person get a little free in their worship and saw a little hand raising. If you don't raise your hand, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just telling you what I saw. I saw a little freedom come into this person's life. I started seeing some change. I started seeing this person get to a place that I'm like, man, God is doing something great. And then this person came to me and said, Pastor, because of this place, because of Jesus, but because of this place, I'm still alive. And quite frankly, that's all I needed. I said, God, let's go. We've not been this way before. It's going to take a lot of faith. It's going to take a little stretching like a little rubber band. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to take place. And then this past Sunday, come on, somebody. This past Sunday, let me tell you how you guys, you online, let me tell you how you responded to the unknown. Okay, we're going to have three different things to come up on the screens. Three different things. There was three things we focused on as far as the commitments go, as far as the one-time gift goes, and then we had our kids. Come on, you remember the kids coming down here? Come on, give them a hand. They came down. Come on. So here's what we're going to do. As the thermometer rises, I want you to shout out that number, and then when it goes, I want you to celebrate like never before. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Here we go. Come on, 100. Come on, give it up for our kids in the house. Come on now. I would have you know the credit union looked at me sideways when I walked in with that kind of change. $606. That's what your kids did to say, hey, we believe in the vision. We believe in what God wants to do in this community. We believe in what God wants to do in Celebrate Recovery. We believe what God wants to do in Belize and Kentucky. We believe in what God wants to do in expanding this ministry. $606 worth of change and silent money. Amen? How awesome is that? All right, let's look at the next one. Now, with that, we said, hey, we've got a now gift. we got a now gift. This is kind of a, a one-time gift, if you will. So let's see what that looks like. I want you to really shout. I want you to really get loud as these numbers go. These numbers are going to increase quite a bit. 5,000. Get loud. Come on, get loud. We're not done. We're not done. Come on. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? How are we going to face the unknown? We are going to jump into it with everything we've got. $38,000 in a one-time offering. Man, I'm about to be raptured and you're just sitting there. Do you understand that this is the largest offering in the history of this church. How amazing is that? That's how you said, let's get into the unknown. 
That's how you said, hey, when Joshua says, we've not been this way before. And I stood up here and said, guys, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know where we're going to go, but I know what God's put in our hearts. Are you willing to go? And what did I say? Everybody paddle. Say it one more time. Everybody paddle. You guys are paddling. Are you ready for the next one? Are you ready for the next one? This is the commitment goal. Now, again, these numbers are going to go up considerably, but, but are you ready for the commitment goal? Now, let me just say this. Let me say this. This thing is so fluid, like so fluid. I'm getting numbers as soon as I walk into the door. This is how fluid this thing is, and it's still growing, and it's still going. So what you're going to see here is not where we really are right now. We're a lot more than that, but let's just now, now listen. I asked you to get loud on the kids, and you're like, 100. I asked you to get loud on the, the now. I really need you to get loud on this one, all right? Like football game, Carolina Tar Heel, come on in Jesus' name loud. Woo! And all my state fans in the house. Where's Creston at? I come on, baby, talk, give it to me. Talk to me, give it to me. Come on, give it to me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. See, he got it. He got it. I mean, are you ready? Here we go. Let's go. All right. 25. Get along. Get along. Get along. We're not there yet. Get along. You ready? 100. Yes. High five about three people and say, let's be. that this isn't even the number we're over 200 right now and it's still climbing I heard somebody say it and I don't know who said it but you're absolutely right that is God right there that's God right there this is all you got For you. Online. That's all you've got. Let's make an impact. Man, let's be a beacon. Let's be a beacon. Come on, let's do it. Let's charge the heel for Jesus Christ. Let's take territory. Let's go into dark places and make it light. Let's go into places where there is no hope and give them hope. Let's go into a place that's full of misery and turn it into a ministry. Let's go into a place that seems all wrecked and nothing good going, and let's make it good for the cause of Jesus Christ. Let's do it together. Everybody paddle. I could hardly preach this message. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't hardly preach this. I am still amazed at what God did in this place. And He's not done. We're just getting started. I don't know what 20, 
22. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if the world's going to shut down again. I, I, I don't know. But here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. That we're going into places we've never been before. We're going to reach people we've never reached before. We're going to give more than we've ever given before. And by golly, we're going to expand the ministry of this church in a way like never before. That's what I do know that's going to happen in 2022. Because of your faithfulness. Because you are willing to say, this is how we're going to face the unknown. We're going to live by faith and not by safe. Stand with me all over the house. Father, thank you for moments like this. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. This is your moment. God, you're doing a work in us. You're doing a work in this place. Now listen to me. Won't you bow your heads for a moment? I want you to listen to me. You're watching online. I want you to listen to me. God cares about you. God loves you. And God wants to do a work in your life. And He is not done with you yet. You may have given up on you, but God has not given up on you. You may have come into this place and said, I'm giving God one more chance. Guess what? God is wanting to meet with you right here where you are. You don't have to finish out this year alone. There is a family here that wants to love you, that wants to support you, that wants to help you. But most important of all, there is a God that wants to touch your life and do something amazing in and through you. So if you're in the house today, and you're in this place right now and you say, Pastor, man, I need prayer. This is a difficult season for me. This is, there's things going on in my heart. There's things going on in my life. And, and, and I just need God to show up. If that's you, could you slip your hand up? Say, Pastor, pray for me. Seize the hands. Seize the hands. He sees them all over the place. He sees them. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I'm dealing with some stuff right now. I'm dealing whether it's family, whether it's kids, whether it's, whether it's your job, whether it's financial, whatever it is. I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff. And God, I need you to show up. God sees the hands. God sees the hands. And he loves you. Now let me ask you this. Maybe you slipped in here today. And you're hearing all of this. And you're, you're hearing the celebration. And you're, you're hearing all the excitement. But deep down, you say, Pastor, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm still kind of new to it. I, I mean, where does it start for me? Where does it start? There's a hole in my soul that only God can feel. Where does that start? Let me tell you something. The first step you've got to make is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To ask Him to come into your heart, to come into your soul, to come into your spirit. And say, Lord, take up residence in me and forgive me of my sins. And God said, hey, I'll take all of that stuff you did, all of the sins, all of the mess-ups. He said, and I'll wash it clean. And I'll make you a new person. And I'll give you a new purpose. If you'll just follow me. So if you're in the house today and you mean business with God, hear me today, guys. He means business with you. 
Would you be willing to slip up a hand and say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my heart today. And I want to receive him. Seize the hand. I want to receive him. Seize the hand. I've been going through this thing called life by myself long enough. Seize the hands. Seize the hands. Look at me. There's a couple things we want to do here today. Because this week is Thanksgiving. First thing I want to do is acknowledge the fact that you got some people in here that for the very first time in their life said yes to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Here's what we're going to do. If you mean business with God, He means business with you. We do this as a family. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And Father, I believe you died on the cross and you rose the third day. Lord, I ask you now, come into my heart. Forgive me. Use me. Give me hope. Give me a purpose. I'll follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Give God a big hand clap of praise right there all over the house. Yeah.